Welcome to the Ryan Holt Show. On this show, you can expect the latest, the greatest, and the best curated content on business, marketing, automotive, and lifestyle. Sit back, put in your earplugs, and let's enjoy the ride. Now, as always, I want to make sure you get the best in content that will help you monster your goals, both personally and professionally. I want to keep this conversation going, so please check me out on Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at RyanHoltz1. And then go over to Facebook.com forward slash RyanHoltz Marketing, and we can chat there too. I also want you to visit www.ryanholtz.ca as this will be where I put my almighty beloved show notes. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I am proud to bring you the Ryan Holtz Show. Let the beat drop and enjoy. Hey everyone. Another amazing episode of the Ryan Holt Show <laughs> podcast with my lovely cohort. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. It has been a, an amazing week. It has been uh, full of all kinds of goodies and, and whatnot. So, uh, um, how's your back feel, Ryan? In your neck? your hands <laughs> oh, you know what it feels it feels okay i mean all this painting and <laughs> painting arbors and being parents and husband and yeah. wife and property owners and hikers and <laughs> business folks and I um, need to think twice next time we're like yeah let's just paint this uh like how big is that arbor? It, it's a big ass arbor it's a bi- and it's it's the trellis it's the trellis that's the crazy trellis that's crazy and i'm like ah uh, that's why I'm like, yo, I'm like, you get the dibs on the trellis for sure. I ain't mess with that. <laughs> like, you can take that little, like, little toothbrush, <laughs> little toothbrush paintbrush and get in between all the grooves and paint that a little bit because yeah. I'm like, that, that stuff is crazy. Yeah, I think I have carpal tunnel now that I'm done. And then all this reaching and um, yeah. all this yard work and stuff is crazy. <laughs> and then uh, and then having to kick golfers out the damn backyard. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. I mean, you I, I these big white I had, sticks I had, in the ground. I had like, to just. Hey, I had to just tell Uma, yo, you know, I'm like, Uma, go get him. Get, get that golf cart. <laughs> um, man, crushing the headlines. Bill Cosby, America's dad, Mr. Huxtable. Really weird that in the show he was running a, a gynecology doctor uh, yeah. clinic in his basement. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember the show? Yeah, He's actually yeah, a doctor. Of course, of course. So now with these new... America's creep now. Well, it was allegations and then now it's conviction and... Um, I mean, that's crazy, you know, and it's kind of eerie. Um, and this was the retrial. What do you think of all that? And I mean, it's interesting because of, you know, if you look at the Harvey Weinstein yeah. issue, yeah. Um, it's true. You know, he's a he's a bad guy, too, but he wasn't drugging. You know, I don't I don't no, think he was drugging any of the girls, whereas Bill Cosby had his own little, you know, pharmaceutical concoction. Yeah. Ready no. to go. I don't really care what people say about like, you know, back in the day, this was, you know, it wasn't unheard of when you slip somebody a Mickey and, you know, things happen or whatever. No, it's, it's, it's just one big sickness in my opinion. Mm. It doesn't make a difference. Um, well, I mean, yeah, there's like a certain level of sickness, I guess you could say. You yeah. Know? They were saying in the sixties and seventies, like people are crazy and doing all these things and whatnot, but. Well, cause I think it was like a drug era and you know, 
be free and everybody's sharing stuff. And so <laughs> now much, it's like though. everybody's like has like a dead meal, like a deadbolt on their door, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know everybody's afraid of. I think what it does though world. is it puts things in perspective because I mean when I was growing up and you're a little bit older than me, <laughs> but you look at figures like Doctor Huxtable and Bill Cosby. And I mean, I remember him doing the kids shows and he's, you know, he's always a funny person. That's just a brand though. Well, it's a brand, but as a kid, you don't know that. So it's always no, some, it's somebody not. that you actually look, look up to visibly on, on a television yeah. set. And you kind of think, you know, you, you take your, what it's almost like a metaphor of your childhood where you're like, you know, you go around imitating, you know, certain characters that you see on TV and, yeah. and cartoons and things like that. And that becomes your culture and it becomes a huge fabric of your childhood. Yeah. So I think you look up to. Yeah. And I think as an adult, you know, when you go from being adult to a child, you realize that the world is uh, is a it's a funky place. Yeah. And I don't want to say it's a bad place because I think that now you're putting bad energy into the world. Yeah. So I always like to 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 say that, you know, the humanity is is everything uh, on the up and up. But um, the reality is, it's, it's just it's, it's it's ridiculous. So I think for me personally, my reaction to the whole Bill Cosby thing is, I was shocked, but it it almost just decreases my um, trust. Trust, but it also decreases my whole um, you know attitude towards just basic humanity because I'm like, my God, like it's everybody's putting on a front or something. And they're going out acting like great people, but maybe they're not so great. What did you kind of feel? I don't know. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just happy that everybody. I, I personally am a huge believer that everybody gets what's coming to them at the end of the day. Um, and you can be sneaky behind a camera, and you can have like he's a brand, right? Mm, mm. You know, um, everybody's dad and doctor and this whole like big smile and making you laugh and yeah I mean it's just and I mean it's really sensationalized too because he's famous he's this famous guy and now he's what 80 something Mm -hmm. and he's facing up to 30 years up to 30 years in jail Mm -hmm. so there is no like oh he'll probably you know get a you know what is that like community service like there's no way like he's gonna get jail time yeah. however much he's gonna get i have no idea but he's gonna get something and he's like ju- this old guy yeah, this is who just can't a- see well he can barely see now and this was april 26th by abc news and it basically said after years of innuendo allegations and ultimately two criminal trials the second of which ended with a guilty verdict thursday bill cosby's being convicted on felony sexual assault charges the mm. actor and entertainer known as america's dad during the 1980s and beyond will be sentenced to go to prison later this year Bill Cosby found guilty on all charges. Here's how prosecutors from Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, really finally did it. The prosecution team of District Attorney Kevin Steele and Assistant District Attorneys Kirsten Fedden and Stuart Ryan appear to have benefited from at least three key factors in which the first trial differed from the retrial. What's really interesting is, and I the name escapes me right now, but people, as soon as you went to Twitter and started reading some of the comments, mm-hmm. of course, people start bringing in the race card and things like that. Yeah. But... You know, I mean, if he's convicted, he's convicted. And I mean, it's it's not good either way. Well, so my opinion from the whole, you know, racial standpoint is... You have so many bad people. person's a bad person. It doesn't make a difference what, what color you are, well, where does, you're from, yeah, what religion you are. Yeah. So, but in this specific uh, incident, basically they were saying that he never said anything throughout the whole trial. 
And then he kind of showed his true colors as soon as he got sentenced. Yeah. Because he basically said something to the effect to the prosecutor of, this guy's an asshole because basically wanted him to be remanded into custody right yeah. away. So everybody in the court was like, oh, you know, we kind of got a little taste of of who the other, you know, yeah. Jekyll and Hyde Jekyll is, and right? Hyde. Um, yeah. I think it's... He's know, an actor. Well, and this, right? is, this is the midst, in the midst of the whole Me Too campaign and... You know, you have all the LGBTQ community stuff coming out into the world, and and the what, like the Headley? Is it is it Headley? Headley? I can't remember. I can't remember which uh, which band. Like, do you remember we were having that conversation the other day? I was telling you about all these kids, like this, uh, the the Canadian shows in Toronto and stuff was canceled because there's a whole bunch of girls coming about 14 years old that were found. Walking in the streets, see, yeah, barefoot. Remember, I was telling you about that. You're like, what? That's too much I don't know if it's yeah. Mind. There's just all this like sexual harassment and um, rape and no consent and all this stuff going on right now. And I don't know if it's just women that are feeling more empowered to come mm. forward. Well, you're a woman. How do you feel about about what all of how this? Does, how does that make, here, I'll give you a male perspective. My male perspective. I'll give you the Ryan perspective. I can't sure. say male perspective because yeah. I'm a weirdo anyway. <laughs> Who knows what I am at the end of the day? But I always it's almost like it's almost like getting up on stage. Mm. Or or even maybe even starting a new business. If there's an idea or a cause, very few people want to go in first to take those initial hits. But the moment the first person goes and takes the hits, and if it becomes a movement or a success, then everybody kind of piles in. Yeah. And I think the awareness to the Me Too campaign and basically it's social media and online is, is like, it's true. Like technology and social media hasn't changed people. It's just merely put a, a mm-hmm. microscope on, mm-hmm. on, the, on the true character of somebody. Yeah. So if you're an asshole, you're going to look like a bigger asshole. Yeah. If you're somebody who's amazing, you're looking even more yeah. amazing now. Yeah, so it's only, it's only putting a spotlight on what was already there. Yeah. Right? And you see the whole thing with the Black Lives Matter and all these things, right? Yeah. Is I like it if it stays... I, I'm, I'm all for supporting these kind of movements if it actually stays true why it started yeah absolutely. and some of them you feel that you know the core of it is there but then they start getting dwindled a little well, bit you start jumping on a bandwagon yeah and, and that's and, and that's the individual that's, that's the individual that's just trying to spin it to their own advantage wow right? and and so i think like you know when people you know see all these different causes um i think they're great because it's showing awareness and i'm all about yeah. awareness I just, I kind of see it from the other perspective too, where I'm like, I'm always skeptical because I'm like, well, what is the the main cause of this, mm-hmm. right? So for you, what would you say your perspective is? Well, I think it's, I think it's, well, it's about like strength in, in, in like numbers, right? I mean, uh, you know, like abuse is abuse and yes, it does happen to men, um, uh, and to kids, unfortunately, which is mm. really sick. Um, but like to women, I mean, you know, like the culture is changing, mm. right? So now you have, um, females that are actually stepping forward and that are saying like, I don't want to be like verbally abused. Like I, I was just telling you, um, I'm a huge YNR fan mm. and you know, like, um, the young and the restless. I love it. And mm. you know, you, you see how soap opera is changing now and, 
um, you know, they, um, they're, uh, really touching base on, on, on like physical abuse in like a relationship and verbal abuse and like emotional abuse Mm -hmm. in a relationship. Right. So, um, instead of letting it go so far to say, I don't have any control, I don't have any power, or I don't have any other options in my relationship. I think a lot of women now are saying, wait a second, I have support. I have support online and through social. I can uh, connect with somebody else's story who mm-hmm. could be like, a, you know, like also like empowering me, whether that's a famous person or just, you know, like the average person, right? Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it happens to everybody, mm-hmm. right? There is no... Um, you know, it's not just to like poor people or people that are, you know, from certain neighborhoods that could happen. It can happen to anybody. Right. Of course. course. Yeah. I mean, the whole Bill Cosby thing. I mean, personally, I'm like, you got yours. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I'm like, and you're going to suffer and you're going to suffer for the, for the, for like the remainder of your life, Mm. which is really not all that long. Mm. And he's already disabled. Mm. Right. I mean, he already has um, like he's already blind. Right. And it's a it's just a sickness. And I'm just like, no, no. I'm really happy that that he's going to get his. There's so many women that came out, Ryan. There's Mm. and they've been coming out for so long, for so long. Like this is this just came to to a head just recently. Right. I think all this has stayed in the shadows for so long. Well, I think. Years, well, decades. I think. I, well, I think certain people they're like, well, Centuries. I'm going to keep it to myself. You know, I think there was uh, a huge like shame factor for mm. a lot of the females. Mm. You know, um, there was a huge. You know, it was a culture at that time where you know if you were raped or you were abused, you know, you that was like a private thing, and you mm. always keep it to yourself, um, and you don't want to share it with the world, and you don't want to feel pity, and you don't want to be like reminded. Mm. And nowadays it's, it's a little different, you know, um, the more you come forward and the more you speak out, you know, the more empowered you feel mm. and you can actually work through your issues. Mm. Right. So. Absolutely. You know, I think it's, uh, now do you think the empowerment comes from, um, the comfort of knowing that the people you're sharing your story with are a little bit more educated and accepting or mm-hmm. does the empowerment come from other people who are in your position uh, or, or the person's position um, now starting to come out. So you have a feeling of almost like camaraderie. Yeah. You have support where other people, it's almost like somebody saying, I was too embarrassed to say I felt this insecurity. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're talking to somebody else and they say that they have the same insecurity. Yeah. Automatically feel, you feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. No, I think it's both. I think it's both. And you, you, you can't, you know, back in the day, quote unquote, you know, they blamed you for wearing, you know, certain clothes and maybe you asked for it. Mm. Nowadays, it's like, well, I should be able to like dress the way I want to and feel comfortable the way I want to and and carry myself the way I want to, you know, and I think the world is more educated. Mm. It's um, it's not as tolerable, mm. you know. True. And that's, you know, if, if, uh, like law enforcement is going to like interview somebody now, they take it really seriously. Mm. Sexual harassment in the workplace, Mm. like just the guidelines, the policies and procedures. Mm. Like there is, yeah, no, no. It's interesting about 
sexual harassment in the workplace because, you know, both you and I, it's been so long since we've actually worked at a workplace, mm-hmm. you know, in the sense of like going in there as an employee and, you know, standing around the water cooler and talking to so-and-so. Yeah. But, you know, I think back to the days when I worked in an office and stuff and it's, it, it is interesting. Uh, you know, I think you, you know, you get a lot of jokes that are being tossed around. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a lot of nepotism, you get a lot of hierarchy, you know, if the boss is a guy or is a female and yeah. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, I hate to say it, but it's almost like a, an, you know, an, a little bit leveled up version of high school. Yeah. You got your groups. Yeah. You, know, you got your people that, you know, always eat lunch together and then you got people that go for lunch together yeah. and then you got people that are like, you know, kind of stick to themselves, go eat their lunch yeah. in the car, yeah. things like that. So I think, you know, um, it's kind of like dress code. I feel like our world is, is finally... It's weird. All these things are coming to fruition and in having conversations with a lot of other people, people are like, God, look at all the negativity that, you know, social media has created and things like that. Awareness. And again, I don't I don't think social media has created any of that. It's just, again, put the microscopic focus yeah. as to where it should be. So yeah. I'm actually quite excited because I feel like for the first time, we as a world are actually starting to talk like really cohesively and congruently. And then also... Um, unmasking yeah you're unmasking and yeah. I think everybody is starting to become who they are yes and for better or for worse yes but they really are becoming who they are yeah and I think that's a great thing I think that you know we should have always been able to live in a world if somebody has tattoos or piercings or you know I'm not saying you should show up to work looking like a bum or or anything you should always look you know dignified but the whole thing of, you know, if this person's not wearing a suit and tie or or a dress, but they still come to work looking elegant and focused. And yes. You should be judged by the skill. You should well, be judged yeah. who you produce. Yeah. And I feel like before people who are in seniority or power positions got to play that card. And now I think everybody has to be very careful yeah. on how they address people. Um, both personally and professionally given social media. Yeah. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think for a period of time there, there was a lot of confusion and almost chaos because you have all these people now that are like, well, this is the way I want to dress and this is the way, you know, I want to have sleeve tattoos and I want to have piercings and I should be able to say that I'm in a gay relationship if I am and um, and bring uh, my partner to like a Christmas party and not and not be gossiped about or you know, like looked at in like a different way. And, um, I think the world, um, probably for like a long time there, they, I mean, and I'm being very like, you know, like general, cause there's like lots of parts of the world that, you know, they're, they're not very like accepting, but you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. um, the mass, I guess you mm-hmm. could say now they're, they're forced to open up their eyes and they're forced to listen, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, you know, there's no more hiding. You know, which I think is, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's causing a lot of headlines and, and, and stuff like that. And then also like you're looking at social media and you're like, well, I've already seen all these headlines for the past two or three years. This has already been in the, in, in the news. This is old news now. Mm-hmm. Like this, we should have gotten over, mm. you know, like such and such and this and that, you know, like years ago, but I think everything is, you know, beginning to surface. And, and I think, um, I think if you're going to have like a new perspective and you're going to be accepting or you don't have a choice to be accepting, 
then you're just going to have to face whatever is, you know, whatever is surfacing. Kind of shows you though. Everybody think everybody says everybody gets over everything. I think a lot of people don't get over anything. So now you're seeing all these issues. You can't come. sweep shit underneath yeah, the rug, right? The rug. No, it's so true though. It's it's um, you can only run for so long until you're faced with yourself. Absolutely. Right? And look what Lee Daniels just said. He said something to the effect of, and if you guys don't know who Lee Daniels is, he's a funky guy, man. Creator of Empire, shout out to Empire. Yeah, Mr. Man, Mr. Man from Philadelphia. <laughs> but he says he Southwest says Southwest Philadelphia. Yeah, but he said in his success going from living on the streets to becoming a film director and producer, you know, he always had the attitude of nobody ever owed him anything. Yeah. He owes something to himself. To himself, yeah. And people are always trying to, you know, kind of put the blame on everybody else or, you know, this person didn't give me that promotion, that person didn't do that. and Entitled. I I mean, for everybody listening right now, if there's a boss that doesn't want to promote you, promote yourself. Yeah. If there is a sibling or parent that does not want to support you, support yourself yeah. and find the support. Yeah. Do not let anybody or anything, yeah. you know. Push you down. No, but don't even give people that power to even have that dictation over your future. Yeah. You need to create the step. If you don't have the step, go build yeah. it. Figure it out. Yeah. Right? So I think these are huge. Um, segwaying over into, and this is what Mrs. Holt and I like to do on a weekend. <laughs> True crime, <laughs> the Golden State Killer. Jeez. We have been binge watching and the five part series, five part series. But the truth is, is I have not. I didn't even know. I didn't, never even no. heard of this guy in my life Neither until I seen I. all of a sudden on the news that they caught this Golden State Killer. And then start googling. Google turns to YouTube, and then YouTube turns to a video clip, and then a video clip turns to five part series. Five part and then, series. Oh my god! And then we're painting arbors. And all kinds of things. It's been a weekend full of random festivities. <laughs> this is not one of them, but we have to talk about it. Yes. So, uh, and I don't know if you're even aware of this, uh, Nora, but yeah. prior to the Golden State Killer, his name is... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. My goodness, it should not take that long. But they didn't know his name just till recently, right? Uh, they just figured out his name via but DNA. he was... Uh, his name is... Uh, holy... This smokes. was all in California. This was right? all in California, but they called him the Golden State Killer. Oh, God. Where's his name? Sorry, guys. <clears throat> Golden State Killer. And then he was ransacking. He was a <laughs> ransack. Yeah, he was ransacking. He was ransacking homes... And what else was he doing? He was doing everything. He was raping, so his killing. Name, so his name is Joseph James D'Angelo. And he <laughs> basically, the police suspect 12 murders between, 12 murders, 45 uh, sexual assaults between 1976 and 1986. Yeah. Um, and They were saying, though, that he probably he started before that. before that. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really interesting about this, though, is that um, do you remember, do you have you heard of the comedian uh, Patton Oswalt? No. So his wife, uh, which her name is, uh, she she's a true crime journalist. She actually passed away in 2016. Mm. But Michelle McNamara, she's the one that actually coined uh, this person's name, the Golden, Golden State, State Killer. Killer. Yeah. He was called the East End um, Rapist. He was called the he, he had a few the, names, and basically she kind of did it. She got obsessed with the case, yeah. and said like he's been all over this. Yeah. What's really interesting about true crime, though, and I find fascinating is, is just that like people are, um, 
you know, fascinated with true crime. Yeah. I'm fascinated with true crime. Oh, yeah. Well, and just seeing how it's actually, like, evolved. Like, a person who rapes and kills, I mean, whether it was in the 40s, 50s, 60s, or, like, currently, I mean, the person, like, that profile doesn't really change. Um, but the, the, like, technology and, like, the investigation and DNA mm. findings and matchings and um, fingerprint lifting uh, in the 60s and 70s. I mean, it's crazy how things have changed. You know what? It is crazy. And I think that uh, even how he was found was basically they always had the DNA of him. Yeah. They just always for years and years were trying to match it in their database, which he was never in the database. Yeah. And then I guess a distant relative went onto one of those ancestral sites trying to figure out, you know, their family tree. Yeah. And that's how they linked him. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's unheard of because I think he's 72 years old now. So to catch a guy that's like 40 years later, which is absolutely crazy. But this guy takes the whole serial killer thing to a whole other level. I mean, he's breaking into homes. He's, I mean, he's been doing this a long time. Well, he, they say that he started out um, just, just, yeah, just like ransacking people's homes, going in there, stealing stuff. Uh, you know, like just like casing out the place for years. And then I think that's when he got into like women's panty drawers and uh, stealing photos. And then he moved on. Um, and each time he moved on to a different part of California is when he ran into somebody that was either home or came home. And either he shot somebody because they were going to catch him or he was trying to get away or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then so he went from... Uh, breaking into people's homes and stealing things to now like raping women and then killing and raping people. But he was so meticulous because he knew he he understood like he self-preservation was everything for him because even if yeah. a few, uh, people confronted him, yeah. like he would shoot and kill them. Yeah. Period. But I think what's interesting is like he was he was a cop. Mm-hmm. I think he was a cop for like somewhere like because they said he, he basically years, worked for right? two different agencies. So I think it was combined six years. And on his last uh, run as a police officer, he got fired. Like in the early 80s or like something. Like in the early 80s or something yeah. like that. So, um, but what's crazy is he's been hiding in plain sight this whole time. Yeah. And the eerie statements, even if you, you know, you kind of look at all the different serial killers out there, it's always the same statements from neighbors. Oh, you know, like his neighbor. He's the nicest guy. Yeah, he's like, Joe was hanging out. And, and when they brought him into the courtroom the other day, he's in a wheelchair. And even his own neighbor's like... Why is he in a wheelchair? wheelchair. Joe, Joe's been running around the house yeah. doing his work. Yeah, because they're all acting. They're all yeah. like social, like you know, yeah. sociopaths. So it's it's just interesting, right? So psychotic. You know, again, those you know, Bill Cosby, Golden State Killer. It's been completely rampant on the news feed. Everybody's been talking about it. Yeah, true crime is a whole whole other subject. And it's it's interesting because I was I was on Facebook the other day and there's this group that's a true crime group, massive group on Facebook. And all they do is swap stories of of serial killers and things like that. I think I want I wanted to kind of have a podcast about it because it made me think a lot of people are still kind of hesitant to talk about true crime Mm. because people even I've had conversations with people and they're like, Ryan, don't think I'm morbid or weird or anything, but, you know, I, like, I love true crime, you know, I, well, yeah. I'm fascinated about why somebody would, you know, you know, kill people and the psychology behind it and, and it, kind of the feeling of, you know, their cousins didn't know or their parents didn't know yeah. or like how, like directly involved yeah. in this. 
for you, you like true crime. Well, why? Well, I, I don't, yeah, no, there's, I think there's that part of people's brains that it's just like a curiosity thing. Um, so when it comes to true crime, that's like a different category. I've always been into like horror movies and like watching weird things in blood and, and stuff like that. When I listen though, to things that are like actual facts, like I'm just like, whoa, it, 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 it takes, um, the movie sensationalizing and, and like the cinematic stuff and the fantasy to like a whole other level. Mm. Cause you're like, well, that could be like my neighbor. Mm. And that's probably why we're always having conversations. They're like, yeah, that neighbor or yeah, that person down the street, like they're always smiling, but you just never know. Mm. And it's kind of true. Like kinda you just true. never know. Kind of true. Right. And I mean, even with kids and stuff, you're like, well, yeah, you can go play with your friends, but you know, I mean, yeah. you have to be careful. It's 2018. I think, I think, you know, people got to wake up. Well, this Sorry. guy, I mean, this guy was based in Sacramento and everybody's coming on commenting and saying, you know, in the early seventies, you know, your parents would just say, you know, be home before dark. And then as soon as all these crimes started happening, it changed everything. Mm-hmm. I don't, I think in 2018, if you think that all your neighbors are great, I mean, I, I think you're somewhat delusional. <laughs> yeah. Because and it's not to say that your neighbors are bad, but the rea- but the reality is you have to be honest with the fact that you don't really know. No. So if you don't really know, yeah, you can't without a doubt say yay or nay. Yeah. And it's made I think us as humans and and societal peeps. Um, you know, more guarded, kind of protective over our, our space yeah. and our security. Yeah. And, you know, even even a lot of the cops and detectives were talking about the case back in the 70s and 80s. I mean, homeowners didn't have, you know, you know, security resources like they do mm-hmm. now. There was no video surveillance no. and all these things. And now everybody's, you know, a lot of people's homes are made like Fort Knox. You know, you yeah. see people coming like a mile away onto yeah. your property. And, you know, I think it's good. It's made us more closed. But I think the reality is you have to adapt to the environment. So um, a lot of people out there, I mean, we, you know, we even have, you know, a friend of friend, Mr. Mr. Andrew, but he doesn't even lock his car. Like, what, what guy doesn't lock his vehicle? I don't know. Dude, I, 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 wanna, I feel, I feel I like wanna, that's kind of like I'm going to give like a, his last name. No, like, no, no. Brother, I, you don't even lock your vehicle? But isn't that kind of like a farm acreage hey, type land, uh, I don't know type about, mentality? I don't know about that. You you hear, don't, don't, don't get me on the rural crime subject. I mean, <laughs> you might get a lot of farmers upset. <laughs> But those guys, but they got well, shotguns though, well, yeah, and mean, dogs. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, there's <laughs> lots of crime issues with with farmers. We're switching the subject completely, yeah, yeah. But, but rural crime. <laughs> but I mean, I can see a little bit. I'm a paranoid person, just the way I am. Yeah. So I'm gonna lock my car. I lock, man. I will double lock my car in a police. I, will, I could well, be at a police station. I will double lock my and car. And you've. And since double, we've been together, and since we've been together, you're like I've been like. Put the stick in the door. OCD. And hey, don't be getting away on my You <laughs> coming to my house, man. You never know. It'll be booby traps on the line. There is. There oh, are. Man. Okay, just there are booby. Bu- there there are booby traps. There are booby. I got. I got to check my. You card. Always, I got to check my card. You're like. Four times. Did you lock the window? Did you lock the door? And I'm like, you know, I can't remember, but I'm gonna go downstairs it's and crazy, check. It's a crazy world. You. Yeah, you can. Anyways, uh, whatever. Um, flipping the script over. So. Golden State Killer, 
We got Bill Cosby. Yeah. Um, and these are like 30, 40 years later, too. These, well, and that's that's the thing that I'm, I'm just like completely beside myself about. And I think that, again, right, it's to me, again, to the Bill Cosby thing to me is going to be the kind of the kind of the, the key to the Pandora's box because yeah. it's really the first. Well, he's probably the, the number one um, celebrity in stature that's now been convicted, especially since the whole Me Too mm-hmm. campaign took place. So I think now you're going to see more stuff come out. And a lot mm-hmm. of people obviously mentioned Harvey Weinstein. Weinstein like why, why yeah. is he still walking around? Yeah. And things like that. But basically a precedent's been set by, yeah. by having Bill Cosby go through this. I think that's huge. As far as the serial killer, the Golden Gate, Golden State killer, I mean, for him, my God, 40 years later, technology, see, to me, again, I think technology is a good thing because it literally helped the police. Absolutely. And here's the thing about the technology. It was not the police's database of DNA no. in which they have access. No. It was, it was a, a, a consumer ancestral site yeah and they um, had to have laws yeah past that yes. for consent and yes. using all those because those are people's private yes. dna yes so you know and and, and you know, all you all obviously had facebook yeah. right with all the privacy issues and um you know my opinion on facebook again has always been um you know social media is social i mean don't put anything out there you don't want on a billboard. Yeah. And the reality is Facebook would not be Facebook without us. Yeah. So we're giving them all the data. So you really can't complain too much. It doesn't give them the right to, you know, circle back and sell everything off. But at the same token, I mean, the moment you touch that phone, like you're on display. That's and crazy. that's the reality. That's crazy. Any final thoughts? Anything you want to add in? No. Um, I'm just glad that they're all going to get theirs. And that's that. And some people, they're like, you know, I want them to rot in jail. Hmm. Other people are like, well, mm-hmm. even those people that are getting away with things right now, you know, I don't know. I think they're all going to get theirs mm. one way or another. Mm. Some people believe the court system is, you know, the the way to get justice. Mm. I have other opinions, mm. but well, I'll I'll keep those to myself. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> another episode, everybody. Yeah. Lock your doors, <laughs> brush your teeth, yeah. floss, yeah. put on skin lotion. Yeah. Do not be walking with no grenades as feet. <laughs> Just trying to think of some other helpful some daily news I get. Tips. Always smile. Yeah. Be happy. Yes. Think twice before you uh, painting before a big you- arbor. <laughs> Yes. And then having a and then having a little bit of a crankier child for the last 48 hours. Oh my goodness. He's showing his personality. Wow. Um <laughs> but everybody again, thanks so much for rolling. Um it's it's uh you know me. Um I was supposed to be putting on an episode every week. It's been a little delayed. Life is busy. No excuses though. I'm here. We have some great guests coming up for you. We have some great shows coming up for you. As always, please go on iTunes, Google Play. Stitcher, rate the podcast. It helps a million. You can connect with me at Ryan Oates One on any of the social platforms. Send me a message. Um, this has been such a fun ride. I, I appreciate all the listens. You guys have been absolutely amazing. And uh, thanks for the messages. I have had some messages of people saying, Where you at? And I'm like, Yo, man, you see my Instagram? I'm here. I'm here. But uh, we have some good stuff coming up for you. So, uh, I just want to thank my cohort, my co- <laughs> co- co-founder, my, my, my co-writer uh, for coming on and uh, just dropping some current events and some uh, some morbid uh, type stuff. But I did say in the opening, you know, automotive, 
and business with a dash of lifestyle. So we're talking about lifestyle because this is life. So if you have any uh, show topics or any specific guests you'd like to see on the show that you think would be uh, a great addition, uh, send an email to info at ryanholtz.ca. And you can check out all the podcasts at ryanholtz.ca forward slash podcast. Miss Food for Love, how can they find you? <laughs> at Food for Love 99 or on at, <laughs> at Nora Holtz. On IG? <laughs> on IG. On IG. Of course. Of on course. IG. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Uh, everybody, we are over and out. Uh, three, two, one, boom, Nora. Three, two, one. Boom. 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 Boom.